Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW and NXT and what two great shows we witnessed last night. Plus, speaking of NXT... Somebody who is the greatest heel right now, in my opinion, on NXT, Pat McAfee joins us. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Would you go as far to say right off the bat that over the past couple of weeks that Pat McAfee is stealing the show? Uh, yes. I uh, even tweeted it out yesterday that I, I believe he is must-see TV, and I think he is each and every Wednesday night on NXT. Did another phenomenal job last night. He's uh, he's raising the bar for everybody there. Uh, he, he's he's a natural, Dave. He's a natural. He just there's no. He's not thinking about what he's going to say next. He's just going out there and he's just being and he's just doing and it's working. He, last night after they were all done, after they got all that heat on those uh, on Drake Maverick on Brizango, they did the beatdown. Pat looking into the camera, you know, just saying such generic stuff, though, like, you know, we rule and you guys suck. It's just the way he says it. It's his delivery. It's his snarkiness. He's a he's a douchebag punter who uh, is has infiltrated the world of NXT and is doing a great job of getting some steam and some heat behind him. You know, Bully, you're right. It's not so much what he says, it's how he says it and, and his body language and the way even he tilts his head. You just want to slap him in the face. I mean, here we are. Seriously, I love Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee has been on this show, I don't know, half a dozen times at least. And when I see him on my TV, I absolutely hate him. I mean, that is a lost art in pro wrestling, and I think you see a little bit of that on AEW, and you're definitely seeing it on NXT with Pat McAfee. Uh, you said something very important. It's not really about what he is saying. It's about how he says it. Um, I've been complimented over the years about you know some of the, the promo work that I've done, and people ask me questions about... Oh my God! How do you how do you generate this kind of heat or whatever? I said, and I will always tell people I have not reinvented the wheel. What I do is heal one hundred and one. It's just how I say these things. It's all in the delivery. It's all in the tone. It's all in the inflection. It's all about the eye contact. It's 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 those things that take the very basic and very generic words like "we rule" and "you suck." and make them mean something because it's you saying them where it's somebody like a Pat McAfee saying them where their unique personality gives life to those very generic words. And that's when you know you have something. And that's what Pat McAfee is. Like you, you heard him last night, Dave. Did he say anything that resonated with you? Like, oh my God, that was like, you know, the greatest promo where I can't believe he said that. Nope. No. But he got but you remember that he got heat last night, yes, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. No so doubt. what he's doing is working and it's it's cuz he's a natural. Pat McAfee has it. And I've blown entirely too much smoke up his ass this morning already. Yeah, and you're, and we'll have him on at 10 o'clock. We'll try not to blow as much smoke as we did here in the first few minutes. Though, I will say this, Bully, with the exception of a, a few things, you being one of them, over the last few years, you know... Being a heel has been a lost art in pro wrestling, and I'm glad on Wednesday nights we're getting it back. We're getting it back with MJF on AEW, and we've gotten it back with Pat McAfee, of all people, on NXT. So I do want to compliment it on Wednesdays. And you know what? You're getting a little bit of it in a reality way on Fridays with Roman Reigns as well. 
You mentioned two, Bully, and I have to definitely, you know, put a spotlight on it. You mentioned four hours of pro wrestling last night. It's funny how on a Tuesday morning, we're dreading talking about the three hours of pro wrestling that we watched on a Monday night. But as pro wrestling fans, we're joyful about the four hours we're going to talk about on a Thursday night. It's, it's, it's crazy the difference 48 hours can make in the world of pro wrestling. I did a little experiment last night. Um, and it really had to do with Monday Night Raw because every, you know, every Tuesday we talk about Raw and after the shows on Tuesdays, I'm like, damn it, man, I wish we could put that show over more. I wish it was a better show. Hey, listen, the blame is not on us. We're doing what we got to do on our show to talk about their show. They give us three Man, they ask us every Monday night to sit down in front of that TV set for three hours. I don't DVR the show. I don't uh, Roku the show, or I don't blaze. I sit in front of my TV for three hours every Monday night, right? So if I'm going to do that for three hours, I'm going to come on this show for three hours, and and we're going to be honest about it. We're not going to blow smoke up its ass. Um, We're not going to bury it. We're going to be honest and fair about everything we see on the show. So now I'm like, man. Three hours on Monday, but I get four hours on Wednesday. And I'm never bitching and complaining on Thursday morning about the four hours that I just got on Wednesday. So then I said, I know how I feel about Raw, and I know how I feel about NXT. Let's forget about SmackDown for a minute. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give the WWE an apples-to-apples fair shake. Since I have to watch Raw for three hours, I'm going to watch NXT for hour three and four last night. I watched AEW live, okay? That's two hours of my time invested in a wrestling product. That's a lot of time as it is, as we both know, yes? Yep. So then I said, all right, now I'm going to watch hour three and four of NXT because I want to see if in the third hour of NXT and then the fourth hour I'm as I I like NXT more less or I think the same about it as raw and I'll be damned that after investing the third and fourth hour of my time into NXT I'm like this show blows raw out of the water it's not even close so think about it Dave three hours on Monday and I went an extra hour, extra hour. Wow. last night with NXT, and I'm still saying to myself, why can't I get this on Mondays? Why can't I get this type of pro wrestling show on a Monday? And I'm not slagging on w- on Raw right now. I'm putting NXT over and I'm because glad. they're giving us a great product. And I'm glad you're doing that, Bully, and that's an awesome experience that the uh, experiment that you did last night because honestly, I did the same thing, not for the experiment of it to see like if I was going to fall asleep or if I was going to get bored, just because once again, AEW, I watched first, it grabbed my attention at no point did I want to turn that show off, and then I watched NXT immediately after AEW. You mentioned how you don't DVR raw that you watch it in the moment. I am going to be completely honest with with you bully i dvr raw because i know at some point during that show i'm gonna doze off like i i don't rem- you know i don't remember the last time that i stayed from eight o'clock to 11 o'clock on a monday night glued to my tv the entire time at some point i'm either a gonna lose interest or b i'm just gonna outright fall asleep on wednesdays Same as you. Yesterday, two hours of AEW and then two hours of NXT. There was a couple times during the commercial break of AEW I flipped over to NXT, but then I flipped right back to AEW and I watched NXT immediately after AEW. And I had a hard time falling asleep after those two shows because I was jazzed up. Like uh, on a Monday night, I'm like, please, let's end this. Let's wrap this show up so I can go to sleep. Completely the opposite on Wednesday. I'm jazzed, so I don't immediately fall asleep once that show is over because my energy level is very, very high. The other thing, and I'm not going to get into the complete numbers of Raw or AEW or NXT, but I think the proof's in the pudding, too. When you look at Monday Night Raw, the highest rating of Monday Night Raw on Monday is the beginning of the show. And then gradually during the show, the ratings drop like a rock. 
If you go and look at NXT and AEW, usually the highest rated segment is somewhere in the middle or somewhere at the end. It's not the beginning of the show. That's how you build the show. You want to garner interest as you go along. You don't want to lose interest as you go along. So in that way, I completely agree with you, Bully. Wednesday nights, whether you're a fan of AEW, NXT, or both, it's hitting the mark. And for as much as people break Vince Russo's chops for, well, being Vince Russo, <clears throat> that's his biggest argument about Monday Night Raw, about how you st- you're declining in numbers. Meanwhile, you should be increasing in numbers. And that's the way he tried to write Monday Night Raw back in the day. And that's the way it should be. You should be so invested by that first hour that you have to stick around for that second hour. And then when you get to that second hour and they just give you a little bit of a, a little bit more than you did in the first, you're like, man, I have to see the end of this show. Oh my God, what happened? I, I'm not a fan on opening the book and closing the book every single night on wrestling, especially on Monday nights. I like my wrestling to carry over, much like a soap opera carry, carries over every day. Now, think about some of the, the weekly uh, shows that we watched, you know, growing up as kids, like, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know, Dave, uh, uh, well, Dynasty. Remember yeah, Dynasty? Dallas. Dallas. Dallas is big. Friday nights, yeah. 9 o'clock. You had to be in front of the television set the following Friday night at 9 o'clock to find out what happened from the week before. They gave you such a great cliffhanger. And if you look at the soap operas that are on TV every single day for five days for the past 30, 40 years, General Hospital, uh, The Young and the Restless, they leave you with a, a bit of a cliffhanger every single day. Yes. I'd I'd love pro wrestling to do that again. I want to. And forget about, oh, well, social media, this, that, the other thing. Give me a cliffhanger on TV. Force me to be in front of my television set the following week so I could be like, I have to find out where they go next. I have to find out what happens. Like with MJF and Jericho. Even though I wasn't enthralled by their match at full gear, I had to tune in yeah. to see the induction into the inner circle. And now you want to see what happens next week when they're in Vegas for crying out loud. Like, and, and Bully, you know, this, like we, we talked about this before. My mom used to call her soap operas her stories. You know, she loved Days of Our Lives and The Young and the Restless and Santa Barbara. It, it's embedded in my brain because those are her stories. This is our stories. And it's funny how, like, you talk about it, an episode of NCIS. You don't watch it every week, but God forbid you're sitting on your couch and you see a couple minutes of that show. You know what? They got you. They grab you. And then you're watching the whole show. I know for myself, if I go to a doctor, if I have a doctor's appointment in the middle of the afternoon and I'm in the waiting room and they have the soaps on, I'm like, please don't call me before I find out what happens to Ted and his hospital. Like, like it's crazy. There was a time when Monday Night Raw was able to do that. It's not happening right now, but at least we're getting it on Wednesdays with AEW and NXT. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Johnny Gargano, and he loses his North American championship to journeyman Leon Ruff. I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, in the middle of the match, I'm saying to myself, oh, please do the one, two, three kid thing here. And they did. It was great. Really entertaining. Gargano bitching and moaning later on to uh, Regal. Uh, can't. Leon Ruff played his part perfectly. When Leon Ruff was on the top of the stage and he put the the the, the championship <laughs> around his waist and the championship fell down like his pants were too big for him, mega pop. <laughs> it was amazing. Popped out loud. Amazing. You know what I you know what you know what stuck out to me, Dave? And we talk about this whole new generation of pro wrestler. And we're gonna talk about Chompa's promo a little bit later on. I enjoyed it because it was very true when he talks about the uh the locker room uh mentalities days or or the uh you know how younger wrestlers are 
in the locker room. Maybe he was talking about sense of entitlement, but he was talking about younger wrestlers. And wrestlers' uh, attitudes and personalities not only have changed drastically over the years, but obviously the size of a lot of wrestlers. We're not, it's not a big man's business anymore. No. And that was evident to me last night when Gargano and Regal were face-to-face in the back. When it was just the two of them on the screen, my God. Regal is an average-sized guy in my world of pro wrestling. Back in my day, Regal was average size and he was towering over yes. gargano last night the business has morphed into a, a uh maybe a, maybe a smaller man's game with you know a few big men the brody lees you know the braun Strowmans, the uh the murder hawks of the world um you know the keith lees there are some but for the most part smaller guys and man just seeing that i was like damn it's it's weird to me how the business, not that these smaller guys are not phenomenal performers, it's just that the size of guys have changed. Yeah, because like uh, Leon Ruff, if that would have happened, say, 25 years ago, it would have been, oh, my God, just because of the pure size of Leon Ruff. We've seen champions near the size of a Leon Ruff over the last five or six years. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. For the most part, I enjoyed the segment. I thought Jade did a good job. I did not understand why people on social media were ragging on her. It's the first time in the ring. First time with a mic in her hand. First time with verbiage. I, I thought she did a good enough job. Yes, I don't did. think they did a good job with the segment, though. And, he- and he- here's why. Who is Jade? Uh, we don't know who Jade is yet. I mean, I obviously, as soon as I saw her, I, I, I went and did a little bit of research, but as far as what I saw on TV, I don't know who Jade is. She's a woman that's been standing in the front row at dynamite every Wednesday night for like the past two months, right? Yep. Just a face in the crowd, face in the crowd. Here's Cody Rhodes, the face of AEW, the Prince of pro wrestling, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The leader of Order 66, um, <laughs> or Order 69, as Dave LeGrec would say, pro wrestling tees, get a shirt now, makes Thank a great you. holiday Christmas gift. It will. Um, Thank you, bully. Am I to believe that anybody who's hanging out in the front row can just get in the ring and get a microphone while Cody Rhodes is in the middle of a ring? Mm-hmm. Like, when, she, when I saw her, I'm like, what, what is this? The only reason I knew who that woman was was a couple of weeks ago, I made a phone call to a friend of mine in AEW, and I said, who is the tall, blonde, black girl in the front row? And they told me who it was, and I go, man, she has a presence. She has a look. I'm glad they took advantage of the presence and the look. Smart. But what the hell was she doing in the ring with Cody? Much better way to plan out that segment, especially if Cody would have been saying whatever he had to say in his promo, and that woman would have been yelling and screaming at the top of her lungs in the front row, which is where I'm used to seeing her. And then Cody would have been like, wait a minute, what the hell is, you know, what are you talking about? Cody could have came close to the ropes, talked to her and been like, and now the handheld is picking up the banter between Cody in the ring and Jade in the front row. And then Cody should have been like, wait a minute. Why don't you come in the ring? Cody invites her in. Now when she gets in the ring, Cody goes, this girl obviously has something to say. Give me another microphone. Cody hands her the microphone. And Cody tells her, listen, lady, I'm not quite sure who you are or why you're here, but I'm in a good mood. And so here, go ahead, say, say what you need to say. Now she goes into the who, what, when, where, and why of who she is, why she's here, what she has to say. When I just see this random girl standing there, why? If you give it a little bit of thought, 
you can give me the segment and it'll make sense. Connect your own freaking dots. Tighten your own screws. So if I'm one of those talents sitting at ringside now, who's an absolute no-name, you know what I'm going to do the next time I see Cody Rhodes in the ring? We're going to run into the ring. <laughs> I'm jumping the guardrail. I like, I like your idea. Like, again, just, you know, they've had her out there the last couple months. It grabbed your attention, Bully, where you made a phone call. So all she had to do was yell out some smack from, you know, from ringside grab Cody's attention and then Cody go down to her and be like, what, what's your problem? What, you know, you know, we've seen that before. We've seen that in wrestling before. And like you said, a little bit of tightening of the screw though. I will say Jade was phenomenal. Brandy. That may have been the best of Brandy that we have ever seen is that interaction that she had with Jade on AEW last night. I don't want to say that Brandy saved this segment, but I think, once Jade walked away, the segment started to tail off. And she didn't hit the line about that. You didn't have enough balls to only use one name or one word. She didn't hit that line the right way. So it kind of, it kind of fell on deaf ears. And you could see the look in Cody's eyes. He's like, damn it. The girl didn't hit the line the right way. When Brandy came out, Brandy saved the segment. Brandy had fire. That was, you know who I was watching? I was watching Brandy, who I would have seen on the street. At Starbucks, at JC Penny, JC Penny, yep. boy, boy, did I just date myself? <laughs> Coles, Brandy's gonna call and go. I don't shop at JC Penny. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you could have seen her at the gym, at the gas station, defending Cody. That's who I saw. I saw a naturally reaction. It was basically, bitch, please, if you ever get in my face again, it will be the end of you. Tons of fire. Loved it. And then she goes to walk away, and the smack on the ass, and you're like, oh, That was like, oh, shit. Like, whoa. Yeah. Yep. Jerry Lynn comes out, he separates them. Man, I think I would have I would have sent some more people out there because when you get two women who are about to go at it like they were, especially a married woman, Brandy, about her man, I would have had a lot more people out there getting in between those women. That's just me. Now, Shaq. Yeah, let's talk about Shaq for a second because Shaq, as we know, like Pat McAfee loves pro wrestling. We know Shaquille O'Neal, a huge fan of pro wrestling Shaquille O'Neal in the ring as recently as WrestleMania 32 and at Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal uh in you know over a hundred thousand fans in Jerry's world uh but you know from everything you heard the next WrestleMania he was supposed to have a match with Big Show and we saw Big Show get into phenomenal shape and I and again this is just rumor and innuendo I I'm not speaking from fact but it turns out that from what I heard, Shaq didn't do the same in kind, and that match never took place. So you talk about heart. I'm wondering if Shaq does make this jump into the squared circle now that his heart will be into it and that he will put the work into what it's going to take to get into that squared circle. If we just look at it from that point of view where um, a couple of years ago he didn't have it in him to get in the proper shape against Big Show, are we to believe that he'll get into the proper shape for Cody? It's hard to believe. I mean, unless there's unless there's a change, uh, uh, unless this is something now that he realizes it was, was a lost opportunity and he wants to do it, or maybe, you know, for Jade's sake, this is a way to get her over to the moon. So, you know, this is, I would say this is a different opportunity, maybe a, a better opportunity for Shaquille O'Neal. I will tell you this, after Jade, uh, after Jade's performance last night, I don't think that she needs Shaq. That was her first, that was her first uh, at bat last night. And I thought she did pretty good. I'll, 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 I'll say she got a base hit last night. At her first at bat, the, uh, one one of our listeners on Twitter, Mike Mataraki, said she was horrible. No, no, she no, was not no, horrible. She, was not. she, was she not wasn't horrible. even close to her. She wasn't. I, I I would go as far to say she was in between fair and good. I would I would actually say she was she was a little bit better than good. I'm not going to say she was phenomenal. She, but I thought she was better than good. I would put her between good and great. 
That's how I would grade her. I would never say great. I'll go with the on good. I just thought the way they set her up was not great. There could have been a much better setup for that woman where it could have been slowly played out and you would have much, you would have been able to understand it a lot more than just some random woman standing behind Cody. Like that, that's just, you're getting smacked in the face with something and it's almost impossible to understand because the minute you see her, now she's talking and as she's talking, I'm like, why? Who, who is this girl? What, what the hell is she doing? And if I'm thinking that hard to myself, I'm not really listening. And if I'm not listening, I can't get invested and you only get one shot. So it could have been a better setup. I don't think Jade needs Shaq, but I understand why they would want to bring Shaq in to do some business. All right, let's talk about Shaq. Because, Bully, the one thing I hate is... Do we have to? Do you not want to? I'm just saying there's so much other great wrestling that took place on both shows last night. Shaq's a big deal, though. I mean, I'll talk about it with you then. But but my conversation is going to be a little bit different in this way. Uh, Because there was something on social media that kind of bothered me, and I want to get your take on it. So, listen, I hate it when they bring people in from the outside to embarrass a wrestler in the ring. We see it in the WWE all the time. You know, Flo Rida comes in and knocks Steve Slater on his ass. You know, they bring in these celebrity GMs to embarrass Dolph Ziggler on a Monday night. We've seen that many a times. They're not a wrestler, but yet they're able to take the wrestler down or knock the, the, knock, knock the wrestler out. That shit bothers me, Okay. I mean, you know, it, it's still pro wrestling, and, you know, you still have to see that pro wrestler after the celebrity is gone for his pr- promotional piece. But I do understand when it's done the right way how it could work for both sides. Case in point, the guy we just talked to, Bully, with Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee is a, a former N- uh, NFL All-Pro. You know, he's somebody that has a mainstream eye on him. He comes to the world of pro wrestling. He takes it extremely seriously, and it's a win-win for everybody. I, I, I wish fans could understand the value in that. People are already killing Shaq. Without even giving the opportunity, I don't want to see Shaq. Screw Shaq. This is horseshit. Come on, guys. It worked with WCW back in the day. And I'm not talking about David Arquette. I'm talking about Dennis Rodman. I'm talking about Carl Malone. Like, that did huge business for WCW. They were on The Tonight Show talking about it for crying out loud. And actually... You know, we spoke to Carl Malone not too long ago. He was into it. He was a fan. Dennis Robin, they were fans. Carl Malone took it extremely serious. And he gave kudos to everybody. He talked about it on Busted Open, how he was blown the fuck up after being in the ring and gave all the respect in the world to pro wrestling. So, like, don't kill it before it actually happens. If it happens and it falls flat and you want to kill it, fine. But come on, guys. If if ever pro wrestling needed mainstream attention, it's right now. It desperately needs some mainstream attention. Come on, guys. We're talking to the hardcore audience. I, I, and I get it. A lot of fans are like, this is our world. But let's open it. We did in the 80s. Nobody look what it did. Look what Cindy Lauper did for fucking pro wrestling back in 1985 and 1984, bully. It opened it up to so many different avenues that never even watched pro wrestling before. And that really Cindy Lauper, you can look back to that she really started the boom of that golden era of pro wrestling in the 80s. I'm not saying that it could go to those legs, but you don't know. And I, and I really do think we kind of need that nudge right now. We need that mainstream attention right now. Uh, I will agree that pro wrestling has been whittled down to its hardcore fan base across the board, and we need the crossover attention. But, yes, people will tune in to see what Shaq does out of morbid curiosity. Are they going to stick around once Shaq is gone? That's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think diehard wrestling fans give a rat's ass about Shaq. No, I, I, obviously they didn't. Just judging from social media last yeah. night, you'll, but you'll I, get you'll get your crossover fan. Oh, what's Shaq gonna do? Oh, what's Shaq gonna do? But I mean, I don't just sit here and and just spout off about oh, it's gonna work or it's not gonna work. I always try to use history as an example, 
as a barometer. Okay. Mike Tyson did not work in AEW. He did not, no. That that's my opinion. Okay, you agree. Okay? Why should Shaq work? Because if because it didn't seem like Mike Tyson took that opportunity and took it serious. You know, and it kind of killed it right off the bat when they when they panned to him and he was yawning. Like right there, everybody who was watching was like, "Oh boy." Now, if they were able to follow up, let's just say they were able to follow up, and I think Jericho tried his best. Like, let's just say they followed up and they were able to get Jericho and Tyson in the ring or something with Jericho and Tyson. Then maybe we might have looked at it a little bit differently. But unfortunately, like that last image of him yawning is the one that's in your brain because right there it's like, all right, he doesn't give a shit. He's cl- the, the, Greg the Hammer Valentine in the audience you know, when we when when they did the, the dog comment was thousand times better than Mike Tyson sitting at ringside, you know, when he was a part of AEW Dynamite. Agreed? Yes. So if we could get Shaq to be more like what we've seen where with a, again, not comparing, but you know where I'm going. Like a Cindy Lauper, like a Tyson was back in the day for the WWF, like a Carl Malone, like a Dennis Rodman, where they're into it. There's going to be follow up. They have a respect for it. If we could get that from Shaq now, and it's not just a one off, and it's not just a, like a morbid curiosity thing, I think this could be a home run for AEW. I just wish, Bully, that the hardcore fans would give it a chance. Give it a chance. If it doesn't work out and you want to shit on it, fine. But I just wish they would understand the importance of doing it and what it could possibly become. Let's not kill it before it even starts. Hey, everybody. This is Fran Fraschella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid has stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple. Apple Podcasts. A millionaire on many different platforms. I may have to ask him for a loan since my Italian, rare Italian disease, lack of funds is definitely kicking in. And that is the one and only Pat McAfee. Pat, how are you this morning? I'm great. And you Italians always find a way to weasel your way into bank accounts so I can respect the hell out of that. I appreciate you guys having me on. Got home late last night. Excited to be chatting with the greatest pro wrestling show in the history of pro wrestling shows. I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thank you, Pat. And thank you for saving Mad Dog Radio. I mean, 12 to 3, (laughs) nothing grabs the ratings like noon to 3 on Mad Dog Radio, the Pat McAfee show. They hate me over there, man. Those, those, uh, you think the internet wrestling community hates me, which they should, by the way. They're a bunch of bums. But the Mad Dog Sports Radio people, I guess that was a clean channel. I did not know that. I did not know it was a clean channel. And then my guys came in here and we are just wide open and the amount of old whites that got pissed off at us, but it's great to be back into the Sirius XM family alongside you guys, obviously. And I was asked by the Sirius XM people, like, what's your favorite channels? What's this? What's this whole thing? And I told them, uh, I don't have a favorite channel. I have a favorite show. It's busted open. And aside from that, I listen to Pandora, uh, hip hop, barbecue radio and Avicii radio. And that's all I got to have for you. Well, you know, for the people on Mad Dog Radio that, you know, look down on you, Pat, for the the great work you're doing, the only thing I could say is, fuck them. Yeah, yeah, me too, by the way. I'm a big fuck them guy. I'm a big, big fuck them guy. That's kind of how I operate, dude. I need need to get in on all this, uh, this, uh, I don't even want to say it. You guys dropped two of them already. We got got our two in for the hour. Yeah, we got to clean it up. We got to clean it up. We don't want to get in trouble. But, Pat, man, you're cleaning it up on Wednesday nights, dude. I was so proud of you. And, you know, as much as I love having you on the show and as much as I like you as a person, you get me to hate you each and every Wednesday night when you're on that microphone. And Bully said it. And, you know, Bully being a Hall of Famer and a guy who's one of the greatest heels of all time, he said it to start today's show. You're a natural, and you are definitely a natural on that microphone. I appreciate that. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that I've looked up to in the past at being assholes. You know what I mean? And, and I, I think everybody knows that this, but, yep, there's one right there, Bully, the guy who was speaking about it. So, like, it is... 
I mean, that is a huge compliment coming from him. But I think you guys know this because you guys know me for years now. I've always wanted to do this. You know, like this is something I've always wanted to do. I don't want to say I understand the business because I learn more and more every single time, but I kind of understood the entertainment value of it. What's good, what isn't good, what you need, what you don't need. And I think as I was watching and from afar and doing my careers and everything like that, I was always kind of like envious of the guys who got to wrestle in the, you know, in the armories and in the bingo halls, because that was something I always wanted to do. And for two and a half years, I had to sit on that goddamn kickoff show panel. You know what I mean? Just ask, for an opportunity to do this whole thing and then now that i've gotten a chance to go it's like i'm gonna go as hard as i can uh, i'm gonna do everything that i think i should be doing and uh, i'm gonna try to make it as enjoyable and as entertaining as possible and uh it's been really cool that you know the people at nxt have just kind of let me do what i want to do they're just like hey do whatever you got to do and it's a lot of trust obviously it's a lot of responsibility too and i enjoy the hell out of wednesday night center it's like my favorite thing to do on earth so, Pat, take me a little bit deeper in NXT telling you do what you need to do, do what you have to do. Um, are they allowing you to just go out there and tell the story that you're involved in or that you know is there bullet points? How are they allowing you to just do what you do? Yeah, so there's a couple conversations that happen because uh, I fly down. So I get I get COVID tested on Sunday and Monday here in Indianapolis. So then I get my results back Tuesday, Wednesday. So if those two are negative, as soon as my show ends here in Indianapolis, I hop on a plane literally as soon as the show's over and fly down to Orlando. So whenever I get down there, the audience is already in the they're already in the Capitol Wrestling Center, right? So there's a couple quick conversations that have to happen. Like, hey, hey, this is where we're at. This is what we need. And I have a really good relationship with the people down there. And they're like, this is what we're thinking has to happen. You tell us, though. There's all, there's been a lot of times where they're like, uh, we're not going to tell you how to beat Pat McAfee. Like, that, that, we're not going to tell you how to beat Pat McAfee. And I think that has been one of the coolest parts of the entire thing. It's like, hey, this is what we think, right? Like, we think this could potentially be this, but we're not going to tell you how to do it. And to be honest, it's been it's been amazing. It has been very, very cool. I, I know that I'm in a very lucky situation to have that happen for me. And I think, uh, I think I have to continue to take advantage of it because when I don't, obviously that's going to change. So it's like, uh, every night when I go out there, I'm like, okay, I have to prove that I'm worth having this responsibility of doing and saying basically whatever the hell I damn please. Uh, I don't feel like you're cutting promos out there. I feel like you're just saying whatever comes off the top of your head. You seem like a natural but is it coming naturally to you? Is this easy for you? Uh, easy is interesting because if you ever listen to my show, my show is a three-hour promo, right? That, like that's what my my show my show is just a three-hour promo. I've done stand-up like twenty-seven times in theaters. I sold out a six-thousand-seat theater in like ten seconds here in Indiana, and it's a ninety-seven-minute promo is what I do, right? So I think the way I was baptized into entertainment was the Monday night wars and through wrestling. So I think the way I speak and the way I think is just naturally a promo style of thinking and speaking. So I don't want to say it comes easy, right? Because I, I think I've realized from watching other people and everything like that, that it is a, a very difficult thing, but my dumbass brain happens to be wired in a fashion that it does feel very, very natural for me to go out there and say, and, and also everything true. Like it's very, it's a lot easier uh, to say things that are true as opposed to having to make it things up. So for me, it's just, it has come easy. I understand like, but that is not an easy thing to do. Like I have a lot of respect for the people that are great on microphones. I don't think it's easy, but I think my dumbass brain is wired in the fashion to be able to do said thing. That is why I've always said, like, I think I'm supposed to be in this business because that's how my brain operates. You know, I, you're talking about NXT and you're talking about how, hey, be Pat McAfee. Nobody knows Pat McAfee more than Pat McAfee. It, that sounds like good management. Like, you know, here you are with SiriusXM. It's the perfect fit because, hey, we have Pat McAfee. We're going to let him be Pat McAfee. We hired him for a reason, so we're going to let him be himself. You know, a lot of times with pro wrestling, like we're talking about Monday Night Raw, you being on Monday Night Raw would probably be a complete disaster because they would try to regulate you. It seems like NXT, that's just good management. Go out and do your thing. I've heard that a lot, by the way, from a lot of people. A lot of people have told me, like, uh, like hey, some other places, this might not uh, be great for you or whatever. And I'm like, 
that's cool with me because the NXT folks were the only people that gave me an opportunity anyways. You know, like I think I've had over 750,000 followers. I've had my own show. I have my own merch since I retired. I've done stand-up comedy tours. I've said that I was a wrestling fan. I used to go to these shows. I used to go to independent shows whenever they came to Indianapolis and Morgantown. That's how I got hooked up with the IWA East Coast. And then that's in Indianapolis, I'd go to Raw and SmackDown or whatever, and they would show all of my teammates except for me, but I was the one that was actually getting them there, right? So it's like NXT and Mr. H are really the only people that ever been like, hey, we want you in our community, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's been very, very cool. I owe them a lot of gratitude, obviously, and it's my job to go out there and hopefully make people either hate me, uh, be entertained, and then whenever it's time to fight, put on a goddamn show, Dave. Love Pat, how is your relationship with Lorkin, Birch, and Pete done? Do you get a lot of time to interact with them before and after a show? It's awesome. So Oni and Danny weren't a part of the original plans, right? It was supposed to be Ridge Holland, and then they take out Ridge Holland. Uh, Oni's a madman, by the way. This guy, he's a Boston psychopath. So then it, it, the story, it's like, well, what do we do now? Pick up Oni, pick up Danny. So I didn't really know them that well. I hadn't really had much interaction with them. Uh, getting to know them has been awesome. You know, you're talking about guys who have just grinded, right? Here we got 30 years of wrestling experience between both of them. Danny Birch looks like he's in the best shape of his life at this moment. He's lost a bunch of weight. He's got a great spray tan going every single Wednesday night. <laughs> I mean, getting to know those guys has been fantastic, and it's been cool to be a part of them being like a part of main eventers now, right? Like it's been very cool to kind of see that. And Pete Dunn is consummate legend, right? I mean, I mean the bruiser weight is the guy. I always knew that whenever he came back, which was something we had in the works behind the scenes there for a while, that it was going to be big, right? I knew it was going to be big. I knew people weren't going to love it, but getting to meet him, learn about him has been fantastic. And I, I really enjoy the dudes. And I think that's a big part of it, by the way. I, I don't know. In my world, uh, the NFL, like, if your team likes each other, normally going to be a lot better. If your team doesn't like each other, normally not going to be great. I assume that translates into the wrestling business as well. Uh, we get along really well. And it's been a lot of fun kind of getting to know each other, kind of like shoot ideas. They've taught me a lot, obviously. Uh, but it's time for us to make a run and continue our dominance. You know, you talk about your world, and 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 I, I've I've done this before, but I want to do it here on the show. I want to thank you because – I love it when people from outside the pro wrestling community come into this world and they have not only the respect of it, but also understand it. And you seem to do that because we've seen a lot in the history of pro wrestling where people come from the outside and they don't understand it and they don't really respect it and it's a mess. You've come into it and you've, I think, embraced it with open arms because you have a love for it, but you bring that the, the eyes and the popularity that you have from the outside and you bring it into our community. It's rare that it happens and it works, and you're one of those rare exceptions when it really does work. Well, Paisan, thanks for that love. I think we talked about this before TakeOver 30, right, you and I, where I wanted – I was always obviously a fan of the business. And whenever you see an outsider come in and they just kind of clunk around the ring and they look stupid and they're they they obviously gave zero effort into either learning about what they were supposed to do, learning how they were supposed to act or anything that they were uh, associated with. I always found that incredibly disrespectful. Like as a fan, I was like, you're getting an opportunity that I would love to have. Like at me personally, I would love to have the opportunity that you're being handed right now. And you're just disrespecting everything that anybody that's ever walked in those ropes, you were disrespecting in my eyes now i talk to a lot of wrestlers now where they're like well we don't take it as disrespect we take it as our job to make them look good and all that shit you know what i mean like i understand the respect level of professional wrestlers working with somebody who isn't a professional and it being your duty to make them look good but i always had a conversation with my friends anybody if i ever got a chance to go in there like i hope i can set a new standard for what people from the outside should go in there right i got a lot of respect for the people and the that they put their bodies through inside the ropes i very much understand that a big part of it is building up the fight and everything like that and i know that there's somebody from the outside that's getting involved in wrestling right now and i know he is a much bigger name and human than me but good fucking luck pal uh, that that's the that is literally how i feel uh and i know that a lot of people were mocking me coming in as an outsider because i wasn't a mainstream media uh popular person but it's been awesome to watch my people on the internet get re into wrestling which is what i've seen a lot of like hey haven't watched wrestling in a long long time yep. now we're back in it because you're there and i feel like i'm 
I don't want to say I'm contributing to something that gave me so much for so long, but it feels good to help out the wrestling business just a little bit. But I am eager and excited to watch other people try to do what I did uh, and see how that goes. And I would very much like a fair assessment on those big sons of bitches whenever they get in there and fail uh, like everybody else has in the past. Wow. Well, you get a fair assessment on this show because if you would shit the bed when you were out there, I'd be the first one to say it. And you're not. You're doing. You're you're doing a great job. And I'm getting tired of blowing so much smoke up your ass. Uh, you know, every keep Thursday morning. Bully. Keep it coming, bully. <laughs> is is NXT? Or, or pro wrestling in general, but more specifically, NXT. Is this just something, is this fantasy camp for you? Is this something that you just always wanted to do and you want to get out of your system? Or is this something that you can, you can see yourself staying involved with long term? Well, I think for Bully, by the way, I appreciate everything you say. Uh, I think I've told you this off the air and on the air. Big fan of yours. So Thank every you, time brother. you say something nice, I'm very, very grateful for. And uh, if you could tell your little asshole friend Spud not to do front flips on me, that would be great. Fantastic. Okay. So the, um, I, think, uh, I think for me, after years and years of asking to be in the business, right, which is what I, for years, I asked to be in the business. Like, hey, is there any way I can do anything? I was reaching out to a lot of people and they're like, uh, sorry, we don't have time. You're a punter. Yeah, sorry, we can't do it. We can't do it or whatever. So for years, I was asking, like, is there any way I, I think I'm supposed to be in this business. Is there anything I can do for you? And I was always told like, no, 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 right. So finally, when I got an opportunity to do it, in my head, it was like, a, I'm probably not going to get another chance to do this. So I'm going to go ahead and prove to myself I'm approved to everybody I've told for my entire life that I'm supposed to be in this business. And if I wanted to, uh, this could have been my full-time business. Like that was my initial thought for takeover 30. But then whenever there came an opportunity, like, Hey, do you want to continue to do things? I was like, fuck yes. Like, let's, let's keep it going. So although it originally was because of how long it took for me to get welcomed into the community and allowed to do anything, it was like a, a bucket list. Let's prove to everybody what I'm doing. But now that the opportunity has been like, Hey, do you want to keep going? It's like, I mean, the planes are not, those planes are not cheap for me to fly down. Like it is costing me a lot of money to do this. And it's because of how much I enjoy it, how much respect I have for it, how much love I have for it. And ultimately how goddamn good I am at it. So it's like there, it started out as like a, a bucket list thing. And now it's like, let's go ahead and keep doing this thing because of how much enjoyment I have out of doing it. And it's, uh, it's been really, really cool to see, you know, Dave, I'll pull the curtain back a little for you and some of the fans. I hope Pat doesn't mind. You know, Pat was talking about how about a year or so ago, he's reaching out to people. How do I get involved in this? How do I get involved in this? Pat, me and you talked. I don't know if you remember the conversation. And, oh, yeah. and the, number, the number one thing I said to Pat is you need to speak to Triple H. That If, if you're looking to be involved with the world of the WWE, that's where you're going to have your best shot. I said, if that doesn't work out for you, me and you will fight at House of Hardcore in Indianapolis and we'll draw 10,000 people. So I'm so happy to see you involved, especially with that brand, because that brand is where you can shine the most. How would you handle it if the WWE turned around to you and said, hey, you're doing such a fantastic job on NXT. We'd love to have you on Raw, and here's your script. Yeah, yeah, probably not. And, and, I, and I'm in such a good situation where I can say that, right? Like, I have a business. I have 10 employees. My guys and I, we go to work every single day trying to do our show. We have a merch business that does well. Like, literally everything I've said in promos is true, right? So it's, I have a, I'm in a very lucky situation for everything that I've been in. And I understand that a lot of professional wrestlers aren't right. So I'm in a situation where I don't want to say I can, I can pick and choose, but it, it really is. If, if something gets pitched to me that I'm not hundred percent cool with, I am very much in a situation where I could be like, no, no, it's okay. I appreciate that. We'll see if something else happens down the road. And I just, I'm not a, I can't read. Like I'm not a good reader. Okay, that, that is not something I've literally never read a book in my entire life. And that is not something to brag about. Obviously, I don't think kids should do that. Uh, I've gotten really far in life not doing it, but it's just not something I can do. It's not my thing. I'm more of a visual and like I can hear things. Learn. So whenever you hear about the script reading thing, like I don't think I'm, I'm that good of an actor that I could pull that off. So I don't think it would be good for them. I don't think it'd be good for me. So it had to be a decision that gets made where it's like, ah, that doesn't seem like the right thing for me. Even though I know that at the current time, by the way, and we're coming for that ass, by the way, that the ratings are higher on those shows. We are coming for that ass though on Wednesday nights. I want to let everybody know that is the goal. 
that even though that is a bigger platform at the moment, it doesn't feel like that'd be good for me or for them to be a part of. When you say you're coming for that ass, are you talking about the competition on Wednesday nights? I'm talking to everybody. I, 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 I like Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. I want, if I'm a part of it and I believe in the group of people behind the scenes and I love the team of people that are over there. I like the roster. I like the locker room. I like the in-ring action. I think it's fucking awesome. Like, I, I think there's no reason why we can't go for everything. Now, I'm not supposed to say that, obviously, and there's only been a couple things that I've been told, like, please, uh, if you're going to say that, can you reword it in a fashion? But that's just the way I am. Like, if I'm coming into something, I want to take over. Like, that is just – I've always been that way. I'm hated by a lot of people for that reason. But I I want to come for everybody. It, it is in – and I got a lot of respect for everybody, too. Like, I think it's good that there's more wrestling. I think it's good because, for me, by the way, Tuesday nights before Mac football started – like, God damn, I wish there was wrestling on TV. Like, there's, when there isn't wrestling on television, like, me and my wife, we are very bored, okay? We are very – like, I am a wrestling watcher, so I enjoy that there's more. But I, I think the mindset – my mindset, and I don't know if this is echoed throughout everybody at NXT, but I want to take over everybody. I think it should be the premier brand in everything. Well, that's your mindset. Is, is Triple H kind of like that head coach that you would, like, you know, run through a wall for? Yeah, I love that, man. I do. Now, granted, we kind of look similar, right? He has like 50 more pounds of muscle and, you know, he's obviously much better in the ring and, and everything like that. He's and, and we both have massive noses and mine almost grew last night with the foot of Danny Birch hit me right in the sniffer. OK, that, I thought I was going to be bleeding all over <laughs> all over the damn commentator table. Uh, but, yeah, Triple H has been very, very good to me and uh, I'm very, very thankful for him. So. Yeah, if Triple H asked me to do something, there's a very, very good chance I would do it for him because of how much faith he has put in me, which I very much appreciate in return. Uh, Pat, I don't know if you get to witness this because it sounds like you get there when the shows are starting, but I always talk about the people backstage, the Triple H's, the Shawn Michaels, uh, any of the other producers and the agents that work with the talent. And me and Dave talk about how the wrestling on Wednesday nights on NXT seems like superior in-ring action. Can you talk about the people that help to create the talents down there? Like, have you ever got to work with a Shawn Michaels? Uh, how one-on-one how -on -one do you get to work with Triple H and how much do you see see them helping out younger talent yeah how about steve carino right how about road dog okay. jesse james yes yeah. how about everybody back terry taylor's back there i mean it is it's really a family you know it really does feel like a family and everybody was being so nice to me before takeover 30 and you hear all these stories right you hear all these stories like everybody was offering up uh like hey when this happens do this right instead of this or if this happens you're selling this instead of this right and like like all the little tips to make me as good as possible but you hear all these stories like oh they're just softening your back so they can stab a knife in it or whatever but it really has felt that way backstage whether it's the other wrestlers whether it's all the people we just talked about that are in there uh, as producers everybody feels like everybody's in the same ship rowing the same exact way like hey we just want to put on the absolute best show we want you to be the best you can possibly be because that's good for all of us so it's been very very nice uh behind the scenes to get a chance to talk with all this like scotty too hotty by the way he's down there i mean there is legend after legend down there that has been absolutely nice to me thanks for listening catch us monday through saturday on busted open from 9 a.m to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 the Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.